0: Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. ask you to direct uh, our time now by your Holy Spirit. We believe and trust in you. So welcome to the third night of the Life in the Spirit seminar, which we're doing in the middle of the Eucharist. Isn't that beautiful? Because the Eucharist is the fire of the Holy Spirit in itself, huh? And so in the middle of the Eucharist, we're opening ourselves up to this new empowering of the Holy Spirit. And what do you expect of the Holy Spirit? Do you expect anything? Yes. I hope so. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That was an affirmative yes. Because we know, as we go back to 50 years ago, when the new Pentecost broke into the life of the Catholic Church, which John Twenty-third had prayed for, Before the Second Vatican Council in the 60s, he'd prayed, Lord, renew in our days your wonders as by a new Pentecost. And that's what happened. You know, the council closed and the Holy Spirit opened. He's got an immense agenda for all that he wanted to bring about in the Catholic Church. And we're living in the midst of this new Pentecost experience. It was in 1967. Now, 50 years ago, we're celebrating the Jubilee. I'm about to take off to Rome, and some of you are coming with me to celebrate it, uh, when some young students at Duquesne University in the United States of America had been reading the Acts of the Apostles. They'd also been reading uh, other books on, on the activity of the Holy Spirit, uh, especially The Cross on the Switchblade by uh, David Wilkinson, and other books like that, and... and they had built in them a certain expectancy that even though they were committed Christians, there was something more that God wanted to do. And they knew it was about the Holy Spirit. So when they gathered in this place called the Ark and the Dove, they just sang Veni creata Spiritus all the time because they are good Catholics, they knew the Latin. And they just kept on, come Holy Spirit, come creator Spirit, calling on the Spirit to come. And that night, on the Saturday night, independently, they were drawn to the chapel upstairs. It was only a little chapel, but before the Blessed Sacrament, they found themselves, as they went into that room, just prostrate before the Lord, absolutely soaked in the Holy Spirit, filled with the love of God, so much so that they thought that was heaven. They thought this was the end. They were with God. They were with God, but the beginning of a new journey. And that's what we want here. The same experience has been now had in different ways throughout the whole of the Catholic world by over 200 million Catholics, huh? And we're in the midst of that new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. These are not the days to lose hope. These are the days to be very expectant of all that God wants to do. And he wants to baptise us more in the Holy Spirit. That word baptise means just simply to immerse us more in the Holy Spirit. I mean, all of you, I trust, have already been baptised maybe as children, or a little bit later, and all have received confirmation. We have a record there from the first reading today of the first confirmation, as it were. When the apostles came down from Jerusalem, they'd been baptised in the name of Jesus, they needed a laying of the hands of the apostolic power from the apostles, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, we said, huh? That was in Samaria, going a long way back. huh? But that's the beginnings of what we know as confirmation. So we've been baptised, we've been confirmed, both filling us with the Spirit of God. But sometimes, you know, uh, it can be so hidden inside the person and so deep, as it were, and so profound that it's not very active, that the Holy Spirit's not been released in power. And I'll give a little demonstration to show what I mean. Some of you have seen this demonstration before, but why not do it again, right? Thank you. This is my trusty assistant. That's Don. You've done a hand yet? Okay, so I need that one. Thank you. So we're done. now this here is, as you can see, milk. <laughs> but this represents your life, right? Your life prior to your baptism and your confirmation. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you are very precious because this is very precious milk. I won't tell you what where it came from, but anyway, there it is. So now, when you were baptized and confirmed, the sweetness of God came into you, huh? So this here is the sweetness of God. It's really something else, but like um, uh, and it came into you and, and went right down to the bottom of your soul. Right. Lots and lots of it, right down the bottom of the soul, right? So now, it's so deep. It's right down the bottom. See there, sitting right at the bottom. The Holy Spirit is like that with many people. Uh, they've got lots of the Holy Spirit. There's a bit, bit more. Yeah. Um, this is the confirmation. Now the other one was baptism. <laughs> and then this got confirmed. And then if you're a priest, you've got another one too. But it went to. The, um, so, but it's all down the bottom, huh? And and there's a problem. Because, you see, while we've received everything, it needs to sort of be activated. It needs to come alive. It needs to uh, permeate the whole of our lives and make a difference and sweeten the whole life and not just be way down in the sweetness of the bottom of my soul. And so, of course, what we do then is we have a license for a seminar, huh? (laughs) And uh, with this, and then you get a new... Touch of the big grace of the baptism of the spirit comes like this, and I Ah, yes, and the big stir up. The Holy Spirit comes to stir it up, 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 stir it up huh? And then what you see is it, after a while, permeates the whole, and there's this beautiful drink that you can be for people to drink from your life, huh? So you can bring to others the hope that is within you, as it says in the second reading, huh? because you'll now, uh, sweetness for everybody, the flavor of Christ himself. What's it taste like, mate? Go. Thank you. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Take it Okay, so this is what we're about, the stirring up of the Spirit given to us already, we call it the release in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we're released in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're told there in the, in the Gospel that Jesus promised he'd give us another advocate. He's the first advocate, but this is the second advocate. And the word there is paracletus, paraclete, and it can be actually translated as a comforter. He brings the consolation of the heart of God himself. So we, when we have no hope in our lives, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of hope. Huh? He, he brings the, the love of God into our lives. It says the Holy Spirit is the love of God poured out into our hearts in Romans 5. Huh? So the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Puts a whole new hope within us, a whole new strength and a whole new courage to live our lives for God, but also to bring the good news to others. If we let the Holy Spirit be stirred up in us, he's the spirit of truth, it says there. Jesus promises the spirit of truth. What's that mean? Well, it means that when the Holy Spirit becomes more active in our lives, we become like a light goes on inside of us. And all of a sudden, the doctrines of the church make sense. All of a sudden, all the moral teaching of the church comes together for us. And more so than that, the scriptures especially come alive. And and it it make sense. It, It speaks to the heart and brings a, a new fire to the belly. You know, our hearts are, are set alight by the, Jesus teaching us from the Holy Scriptures. So the spirit of truth comes into our lives and he teaches us to the truth of who we are, that we're not orphans anymore, as Jesus says. I'm not going to leave you orphans. You know, some people live their Catholic life as if they're orphans, somewhat abandoned by God, you know? Uh, as if they've got no helper uh, uh, at their side. The Holy Spirit comes as the helper, and he comes to form us into sons and daughters of God. So we come to know who we really are because of our baptism. And we come to know that we're a new creation. So speak to the person next to you. You are a new creation in Christ, huh? Not not the person next to me. You are a new creation. That's right. Yeah, we are. You're a new creation in Christ, huh? Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. So am I. (laughs) Okay, so a new creation in Christ. You see, what's that mean? That means that the Holy Spirit within us, when he's stirred up within us, when he's active within us, then change happens. And the fruits of the Spirit become more obvious in our lives. What are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. Don't forget the last one. Self-control, huh? You know, you can even stop yourself from going to the refrigerator when you shouldn't be, huh? You know, by the activity of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit within us brings that change. He comes to change us into the very likeness of Jesus himself so that the qualities of the heart of Christ start to emerge in our lives as well as we allow the Spirit to do the transforming work that he wants to do in us. But there's a need to say yes to all that's been given to us. How does it get stirred up? Well, it gets stirred up by joining your yes with that of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, when the angel came to the Blessed Virgin Mary and told her something impossible was going to happen in her life, she was going to have a child and she hadn't had man, how could this be? She says, and she's told, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll you'll be overpowered with the shadow of God from on high. And... That's how it's going to happen. And what's her response? Let it be done to me according to your will. Yes, I surrender myself to the action of the Holy Spirit. And that's how the conception of Jesus happened in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And that's how the new life of Christ will come forward in our own lives too, to the degree that I say yes, to this big grace of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I say yes to the release of all that was given to me, my baptism, my confirmation. I say yes, Lord, you do it in my life. You see, I have to tell you the truth, I was about 12 years walking with, as a fellow traveler with the charismatic renewal, before I actually jumped in the pool. I was at the very first charismatic gathering in Australia. And you know what? I didn't take advantage of it. I liked their coffee and they had good hugs and everything. It was at Sydney University where I was studying. But they used to take people out to a room in those days. They didn't have a preparation time like we're having here. They just took them out to a room. And they went out looking like ordinary Australians. And they came back saying things like, Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Ah. And I remember thinking to myself, steer clear of that room. <laughs> and I did. I did for twelve years, huh? Ended up. I was a seminarian at that time, but then I ended up getting ordained and everything. Ended up getting very uh, equipped theologically, intellectually. B.Sc., B.Th., M.A., Ph.D. You like it? You can have it. Um, I had all these qualifications, but there was something lacking. Baptised, confirmed, and ordained in the Holy Spirit. But it needed to be released in power. And so I met up with some young people here in Canberra and they convinced me I should go to a priest charismatic retreat. I thought, well, that's safe, priest, you know. Little did I know. And so I arrived there and the first preaching was very simple. He said, you've got to be able to say three words... What are these words? 12 years old. I can not. Acknowledge you can't do it yourself. You can't change the things you need to change in your life, the habit patterns of sin or whatever they are by yourself. For me, you can't change your ministry and make it really work well by yourself. You have to acknowledge your impossibility like the Blessed Virgin Mary. She couldn't do it, huh? And then there's one more word. Yes! With the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes! Lord, you can do it. You do it, Lord. I surrender. And so it's a surrender prayer. And for most of you here too, this is very important because most of you have already experienced the Spirit in your life being activated in new ways. And you think, I've had enough. Aha, no. No. No, there's so much more that God wants to do. If you say yes to him in a deeper way, if you surrender yourself and your problems and your doubts and difficulties, if you surrender your life to him, your past, your present and the future, we'll have the opportunity of doing this in a special way on Pentecost Sunday itself. I'll be in Rome doing it with the Pope, but I'll be doing it on your behalf and you'll be doing it with me, huh? Uh, And so we will be surrendering to God. For the outpouring of His Holy Spirit in a new and mighty way in our lives. And really believing and trusting in Him. You have to remove all the obstacles by repenting of any sin that's in your life. That'll be happening next week, I think. And then you clear the way and surrender to God and allow Him to take hold of your life more deeply. And so that's what happened when I I knelt down there and I got these guys to pray over me. I just simply did that. I just surrendered. And I had this deep peace inside of myself knowing that everything is going to change. And it did in my own personal life. Don't have time to talk about it. Uh, and also in ministry as well. Everything opened up because of that readiness. To, and I was brought to that place of being like a child before God. And I have to keep reclaiming that, of course, because it's an ongoing journey. Paul says, said to the Ephesians, he said, look, um, don't go getting drunk on wine and things like that. He said, because that's just dissipation. But rather, instead, get drunk on the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word in Greek, being filled with the Holy Spirit, is like being filled again and again and again with the Holy Spirit, right? So, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, yes but you can receive more of the Holy Spirit. And we need to open up more and more because I believe firmly and strongly that the biggest problem of God in the Catholic Church today is we're not sufficiently open to the Holy Spirit. That's our biggest problem, mine included. We all have this problem because, you see, we're tied to do it ourselves. There's a self-sufficiency mode that we're trained in in a technological age. Now, but the reality is that the Holy Spirit... We'll do it. You know, John Paul II, I've got to stop but John Paul II uh, uh, once met with charismatic leaders. And he said to them, you know, I, I'm charismatic as well. They said, oh, you are? Yeah. He said, because when I was a little boy, I couldn't do my mathematics. And um, I'd said to my dad, what am I gonna do? And dad said, well, pray to the Holy Spirit. And so he gave me a prayer to the Holy Spirit. And I prayed to the Holy Spirit every day and my mathematics got better. And he said, and something else happened in my life too. <laughs> Became Pope. He said, I've now prayed that prayer to the Holy Spirit every day of my life. And then he went on to say that what you are experiencing, what we are experiencing in the Charismatic Renewal, he said, is a huge gift to the Church because it's clear evidence in a scientific and technological age that God breaks through and is able to be experienced directly. In our personal lives that he breaks through in ways that confound science that confound technology it's God himself moving in our lives and so let's open up to the power of God let's not limit him and especially let's open up to his love because he's most of all wants you to be filled with love overflowing with love because so often in the Catholic Church we're trying to earn our way to heaven rather than earn your way to heaven. Just relax and let God come. Let him come and seize your heart. And this is what the baptism of the Spirit is all about. Let him fill you with his love and open you up in a new way. So you're you're not dragging yourself to church on Sunday. You are racing because you just want more of God. He will awaken in you a new desire and a new hunger for him as he fills you with his Holy Spirit.